All right, good morning, everybody. We are so glad to see you this morning. Welcome to Good News Church. My name is Clint. I'm the student director here. This is Victoria. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Well, if you are here for the first time, we just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to you. If you uh, look around on the back of your uh, seat, there will be a card. If you have any questions, have any, any comments or questions, of if whether you're new or not, this is a great way to reach out to us. Just fill out your card. You can put it in the box or give it to one of our uh, staff or ushers as you are uh, walking out. But we're just so glad you're here this morning. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. There we go. <laughs> and if you are new to Good News and you want more information or you are interested in becoming a member, we are having our Discover Good News class coming up on August 18th. And there is child care provided, so save the date. And we would love to see you there. And I am so excited, ladies, to tell you all about this. Save the date. Put it on your calendar. December 2nd, we are having a Christmas tea. And it is going to be a beautiful event here in the sanctuary. We will have fine china and tea and just an amazing opportunity to fellowship. And also a great opportunity to focus our hearts on Jesus before a season that is super busy. And so we just want to encourage you before that time gets busy to keep our hearts where it belongs on Jesus. So save the date. It will probably be in the afternoon. Along with that, we are starting a team called Alongside, which is a group of women that are going to be creating spaces for fellowship like the tea. Um, and so if you're interested in that, if you want, to, it could be anything from just being a hostess, or if you don't want to do something where you're out front, but you want to bake cookies. We really need people to bake cookies. So if you love to bake, or you just want a way where you can serve other women, this would be a really amazing opportunity. So um, we're having an interest meeting next Sunday. Lunch will be, be provided from Chicken Salad Chick. So um, just we hope to see you there in the Connect Room. cringes because I'm thinking like man if I did a dude's thing it would be like there'd be bubble wrap and stuff like that it's just like fine China's like oh no all these guys over here they're breaking stuff all right so uh but yeah also our student ministry uh is getting started we took the summer off we did some things but our, our weekly Wednesday night starts up again uh, this Wednesday so opening day is Wednesday night um, so if you have a student, we want to encourage you guys uh, to be here at opening day. We're going to be celebrating with hot dogs and nachos and cake pops. So many cake pops. I filled up two refrigerators worth of cake pops that are uh, from Starbucks that are going to be that we're going to be uh, serving. So uh, it's going to be a great time, and so we're super excited about that. Also, just a quick note: um, September twenty fourth, um, we will be getting our uh, middle school ministry time um, during our uh, 10 o'clock service, a worship service. So during September 24th, if you've got a middle schooler, there will be an opportunity for them um, to, to grow together in the faith as we walk through um, the life of Jesus together. And so we're going to be doing a middle school thing as well. And then also, if you have not heard or you have not signed up or you have not committed, our Good News Camp um, is coming up September 15th, 16th, and 17th. So I say this all the time. Every time I do a camp, I have five or six parents that are like, I wish I could go with you. Camp sounds so much fun. Well, you can. And, uh, and so we are doing our Good News Camp where it's the family, whether you're single or you have a family and 10 kids, which, by the way, I talked to some lady that had 10 kids the other day. And, uh, and so whether, how many kids you have, it's a family camp. Um, it's an opportunity for us to go away as a family, as a Good News family, and, uh, and grow in our relationship. It's going to be at uh, uh, Southwind, um, which is an incredible camp. So if you haven't signed up, make sure you do that. It's coming up September 15, 16, and 17. All right? So... 
Again, welcome. So glad you guys are here. Can we welcome to the stage our pastor, Pastor Dave. I wonder why we call the first uh, Wednesday of student ministry opening day. It seems weird. It's like the guy played baseball or something. All right, so we're in 2 Timothy. We're going to keep going through 2 Timothy. We've been studying for the last several weeks verses 1 through 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, we're going to look at this passage again today. And so grab your Bible, turn there, and follow along with me as I read 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. And we should pay careful attention to what God has to say because this is his word to us. It's inspired, inerrant, infallible, sufficient. It's our only rule for faith and practice. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Let's spend just a moment in prayer. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We admit how much we need you to speak to you. We ask that you would speak. Holy Spirit, take from the things that are true about Jesus, make them real to our hearts. That in seeing Jesus, the one who, who loves us so much, that we could in return, give our lives to love and serve him. And Jesus, I pray that, that you would meet us. Meet us in these minutes together so that as we go into this week, we might go with fresh confidence that you are with us every step of the way. And Jesus, I pray that, that you would meet us because we need you. As we think about a new school year, we admit how much we need you. In the lives of our students, in the lives of our schools, Lord, I pray that you would encourage and strengthen students and faculty and teachers at, at schools throughout our county and, and those who are pursuing education through homeschooling or classical Christian. Lord, we pray that you would show up and that you would be awesome to shepherd and raise up a new generation of students who are following after you. Jesus, we need you because we admit that, Lord, without you, our lives tend to fall apart. And so we pray for areas of our lives where, where things are just falling apart, and we pray that you would be the great physician and bind things back together again. Lord, speak now for your servants, your people, are listening. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Okay, so who, who has heard of this word? Fubbing. Anybody heard of the word fubbing? Fubbing? Anybody? You say, I, I gave up fubbing when I became a Christian. What's fubbing? Well, fubbing is a new word, a new word that is a combination of phone and snubbing. And it's what happens when you're with a person and they're not paying any attention to you, but they're looking at their phone. That ever happened to you? You seen anybody do that? You're at a restaurant and you notice that there's a beautiful young couple sitting across from each other. You think, oh, they must be in such love. Oh, I remember those days of young love and then out come the phones. The status updates. The emails, the text messages, the, the Slack, inner office communication. How does that feel? Listen, when you get fubbed, how does that feel? Not so good, right? What happens, what happens in a culture when people lose the ability to be available to one another? When we lose the ability to, to sit face-to-face, knee-to-knee, and engage with one another in social conversation, what happens? What happens when, when those devices that we're engaging with, instead of sitting across from one another, engaged in conversation, what happens in a culture when those devices are programmed to push information to us that's the most angry, the most violent, the most divisive, and that are designed to take us by the hand and lead us to consume, buy, have, and feel like if we don't, we're missing out on something great. We are very quickly losing the ability to be available to one another. But, what could happen? What could happen if a group of people who were following Jesus went out into the world with ears and hearts that were available to him and to other people? What if a group of people went out into the world and they were taught by Jesus how to be available to people, how to be empathetic, how to listen. They were taught by Jesus how to be honest about their own struggles, their own hurts, their own hang-ups. What would happen in our culture if we, followers of Jesus, modeled to a world what it looks like to be available? It'll be hard work. But Jesus can help us. And do you think anybody would notice? Do you think anyone would be interested or attracted to the life that we began to show the watching world? I think they would. And this week, what we're going to learn from Jesus is how to be available. Now, I told you last week that for the, these three weeks, we're going to look at 
First, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, and, and we're going to learn an acrostic that we're going to learn to be faithful, available, and trainable. Faithful, available, and trainable. And the reason we're trying to grow in being faithful, available, and trainable is because we want to be able to make disciples together. Jesus invites us into a relationship with him, and just as he did with his disciples, time, time is an important, um, time is an important part of this tool of discipleship that Jesus is inviting us to. So listen to Robert Coleman's words in the Master Plan of Evangelism. I shared some quotes from it last week also. Listen to what Robert says. Having called his men, Jesus made a practice of being with them. This was the essence of his training program, just letting his disciples follow him. Amazing as it may seem, all Jesus did to teach his men, these men his way was to draw them close to himself. He was his own school and curriculum. So in apprenticing ourselves to Jesus, availability can't be bypassed. In fact, availability was one of the things that Jesus taught that was most difficult for people to understand. So in Luke chapter 9, we read of Jesus speaking to a group, and they were, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And so, Jesus... In his invitation to life with him, again and again and again, he says, follow me. And when he says, follow me, the invitation that he's making is to align our lives with his so that the primary loyalty of our life is to Jesus and the first priority of our life is to be with Jesus. His first invitation was to come and to see who he is. But once you're convinced of who he is, his next invitation is to follow me, come and be with me. Come and learn from me. And to do that requires time, availability. And Paul understood the commitment of time that was necessary for following Jesus and when he instructs Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 how 
to be and make disciples, he reminds him. He reminds him of the time that he had spent with Timothy. He reminds him of who he is. Timothy, you're my son. We have such a close, intimate, special relationship. We got that because we learned to spend time with one another. The same thing that Jesus had done with his disciples, Paul does with Timothy. He learned from Jesus to be available, to be available to Timothy. And Timothy was available to him, traveling with him, learning from him. Then in verse 3, suffer hardship with me. But Timothy, when you are in, in the hard work of ministry, you're not alone. You're with me. You are in a community. You're available to others. He says that you've learned from me where? In the presence of many witnesses. That they were available to listen. Timothy had been available to listen and to learn from Paul. And then he says, entrust these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That in order to enroll people in the school of apprenticeship to Jesus, it's going to take a commitment of time, availability. Now Paul, in this passage, he illustrates with three illustrations, the, the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. And, and we're going to look at what does it mean for the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer? What can we learn from their life about availability? Well, the soldier, the soldier has enlisted himself in a wartime experience. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ, no soldier in active service. And so the soldier, the soldier is available, is available to his commander, and the soldier is not in a peacetime experience. The soldier in this passage is in a wartime posture. He's engaged. He's engaged in an important mission. And so he's available. Now, if, if all of us were, were in the armed forces this morning, we were, maybe we were all in the army, and the commander of our armed group, because, you know, I'm, I have such a military background. Whew. Okay, so the commander comes in. What would we all do? What would we do? We would stand up. When the commander enters the room, everyone would stand up. Why? Because we want to be at attention. A posture, a posture that puts us in the best possible place to listen to what our commander has to say. And in the kingdom of God, who's the commander? He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. It's Jesus Christ. And our commander invites us to be available to what he is doing in the world, to be available to him, just as the soldier is available to his commander. Now, what about the athlete? Well, Paul speaks of the athlete going into competition, but what he doesn't mention is all the hours of practice. 
our daughter swam in college and her shortest event was the 100 fly and it took under a minute for her to complete the 100 fly. But that few seconds in the pool was nothing compared to the many, many, many hours that she spent practicing and the many, many hours that she spent in the weight room and the many, many hours that she spent doing the calisthenics, the push-ups, the sit-ups, all of that practice was then used in competition. And she never would have succeeded, she never would have succeeded if she hadn't been available to practice. Did you see the, the athlete recently who competed in the games in the 100 uh, yard dash, she, she finished last. It was like a record for the slowest ever because she wasn't really a sprinter. She wasn't really even an athlete with the Federation. She was the niece of the head of their country's Olympic committee and he let her compete even though she had never been prepared. She thought she was having the time of her life. When we enlist with Jesus to compete as an athlete, when we join with Jesus to compete as an athlete, we make ourselves available to practice, to spend time with him, and to learn from him how to compete according to the rules. What about the farmer? Well, the hardworking farmer ought to be the first. He's the first, but he's not the last to share in the harvest. And how much time did he spend? The harvest may be for a day or for a week, but how much time does the hardworking farmer spend cultivating and planting and caring for the, for the crop so that it's ready to harvest? It all takes availability. It all takes what? Time. It takes time to be available. Well, this week, this week I heard something. Senator Chris Murphy uh, wanted to, made a recommendation, he, made, he put a bill forward this week, and the solution that he has for the pandemic of, of loneliness that the Surgeon General recently spoke about was that Chris Murphy wants to, to establish something called the Office of of social connection policy. The Office of Social Connecting Policy. Is, am I the only one who's terrified by the, just the name of that? A government agency called the Office of Social Connection Policy. Jesus' plan for us is so much better. See, he's already created a place for social connection. It's called the family and the church. He's already created an environment for social connection, the family and the church. And Jesus Christ, listen to this, Jesus Christ, long before he ever says, make your whole life available to me, before he ever says things like, if anyone puts their hand to the plow and looks back, he's not worthy of following me. Before he makes hard sayings like that to us, 
He's already gone first. Listen to what John 1 verse 14 says about Jesus. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Is there anything more amazing than the fact that the Son of God made himself available to us? He left heaven and came to earth. He made himself available to humanity to reveal who God is and what God is like, and then to make it possible for lost sinners like us to be brought back into a forever relationship with God. Listen to how Paul describes it in Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians 2, it says that Christ existed in the form of God, but he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That Jesus Christ, at great cost to himself, made himself available to us. He emptied himself. He humbled himself. He was obedient to the Father in everything, even to the point of giving himself to die on a cross. What's that about? Why would the Son of God have to die on a cross? You see, the bad news of the gospel is that none of us, none of us were, were seeking after God. Listen to what Romans 3 says about us. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's none who seeks for God. None of us were waking up and saying, oh, how could I seek God today? But God the Son, God the Son came looking for us. God the Son came to seek and to save that which was lost. This yesterday morning, yesterday morning I was, I was having my time with Jesus and I was feeling pretty good about life and Jesus. And I was just praying to Jesus, and I said, Jesus, oh, I surrender, I surrender. You come in. You, you take up the, the throne room of my heart. A few minutes later, I was outside, and I was trying to start the lawnmower, and I was trying to put the bag that goes on the lawnmower, you know, to catch all the grass clippings. I was trying to put the bag on, and my wife noticed that I was struggling a little bit with that bag, and so she came over and she said, here, let me help. You know what I said? I don't need any help. 
And then I heard Jesus say, you don't need any help? How about you? Could you use some help? You see, none of us, none of us were seeking. None of us were surrendering. None of us were pursuing Jesus. None of us were available to God. But Jesus came, and he made himself available for us. And at great cost to himself, he was obedient to the Father in everything, even to the point of dying on the cross. And on the cross, God took all of our sin, and he put it on Jesus, and he punished him in our place. From the cross, Mark chapter 15, verse 34, says that from the cross, Jesus Christ called out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Bearing our sin, the Father turned his face away. And Jesus Christ experienced being God being unavailable. And he did that for us. And he says that because he who made himself available and then was cut off so that the Father was unavailable because of our sin, now when we put our trust in him, he invites us into a new life where he and the Father and the Spirit are available to us all the time. It's called the kingdom. It's what Jesus came to establish. Here's the good news of the kingdom, Jesus says. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here in me. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit available to us. And our part is to repent and believe the good news. Have you? Have you turned from your sin and said, Jesus, Jesus, I've wasted so much of my life trying to make a life for myself. Jesus, you come in. Forgive my sin and give me the gift of eternal life. Listen, if you never have, won't you? Listen, I'd love to talk to you after the service or, or I'll give you a chance to, to talk to Jesus at the end of this message and, and tell him your desire to, to enter into his kingdom by repenting and believing the gospel. Listen, are you a Christian? Have you entered into the kingdom? Then what Jesus invites us to is to be available. He became available so that he could draw us into an eternal kind of life that starts now. Now, how do we become available? How do we be available? Well, you've already started. You've already started your week well. Because the very first thing that we can do every single week is that God has given us a gift called Sunday. One day in seven, where we begin our week at rest. Isn't that good news? 
that we don't start our week working our head off to please God. We start our week at rest, hearing the good news of the gospel of what Jesus has done for us. We start our week at rest, carving out time to be with Jesus and to make a big deal of Jesus in worship. And then we spend our time with Jesus. We spend time with Jesus every day in the word and prayer. Listen, would, would you be willing this week to make yourself available to Jesus? Listen, grab your study. It's, it's on the seat there. And, and you'll notice that this week in our study, we start a brand new book of the Bible. It, it's 2 second, second Corinthians. And, and listen, when you jump into 2 Corinthians this week, listen to what you're going to learn. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in, in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. But Jesus says, Make yourself available, spend time with me, and I'll move in, and I'll comfort you. And then, Jesus says, you can be available to others to take what you have received from me and give it away. That's why, that's why we love to spend time with Jesus. We love to spend time with Jesus because when we spend time with Jesus, we receive from him, and what we receive from him, we can then share with others. When we make ourselves available to him, now we have something to give to others and be available to others in the body of Christ. And that means being involved in a, in a small group where we come alongside one another and we open the scripture together and we share what we've been learning and we listen to what other people are learning too. We make ourselves available. We make ourselves available to one another. We make ourselves available to Jesus and worship and spending time with him and then we make ourselves available to one another. What would it look like? What would it look like in your life this week if, if you made yourself available to Jesus? You've already taken a great step by being here this morning. Listen, make it your intention right now to be back next week. To say, Jesus, I want to make myself available to you again next week in worship. And then commit to yourself now to the fact that Jesus, I want to be available to you this week, and, and I want to meet with you in Scripture four days this week. What would it look like if you gave yourself a gift? And just for every day this week, give yourself a gift and take your phone. Your phone really does have this, I promise, it'll do this. If you hold down one button on your phone, it'll actually turn off. Like it, I promise, it has an off switch. Not just silent, not just stun, but turn off your phone. It really does turn off for one hour every day this week. 
turn off your phone for just one hour. You can do it. What if we learn to be available to one another? What if this week you said, I want to spend time with someone this week over a meal, just one person this week. I want to spend time with somebody this week over a meal. And when you shared that meal, leave your phone in the car. Take off your watch. Leave it in the car. And just be available. People will notice. In your family, can I just invite you, moms and dads, students, kids, commit to one another. Even if your dinner is at 8.30 at night, by the time you get home from practice and games and different things, even if your meal is at 8.30, this week, spend time together as a family at least once, face-to-face, Take all your iPads, phones, watches, computers, put them all in the closet, and just be together this week. Be available. And when we begin to do that, when we begin to do that, our muscles of availability, our empathy, our listening, our willingness to enter into other people's stories, our willingness to be honest about our own struggles, those muscles in our life will be strengthened. Listen, don't ever forget this, that the greatest thing that will help us become more available and to take one of these steps that I've encouraged you to, to become more available, is when we remember Jesus Christ, who said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Jesus, we can't believe it. You made yourself available to us. Jesus, you made yourself available to us. You left heaven and came to earth. You moved into the neighborhood. We're amazed. And you have done everything necessary to bring us back into a forever, eternal relationship with your Father. We thank you. Do you know him? Do you know the Father? Would you want this morning to repent and believe in Jesus? Won't you? Won't you say to him now, Jesus, I admit I've been going the wrong way. And you've come to seek and to save me and to bring me back. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe that you lived the life that I should have lived. And and you died the death I deserve to die. Jesus, I commit to you as Savior and Lord. Come into my life. Never leave me alone. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. And Jesus, all of us this week, we need you. And so, Jesus, I pray that each of us could take a step this week to make ourselves available to you. 
and having experienced your grace, that we could then in turn go and make ourselves available to others. That, Lord, you would create in us the kind of heart, the kind of heart that would have enough availability muscles developed that we could begin to make disciples together. This I pray in your name.